Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 10, season 25 of Absolute Rally. Yes, we've reached the end of this particular uh, podcast season for us. We are going to have a couple of weeks off, um, but we've got quite a lot coming up uh, later in the podcast. We've got Tom Williams talking all about what's going on with Travis Pastrana over in the USA. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit with uh, Killian Duffy as well about the circuit this coming weekend. Um, and then... Uh, I've got Ryan Champion with me. Now, Ryan Champion to me is, is for the last 25 years of my life, has been considered Yorkshire Mafia, Ryan Champion. <laughs> but I've been corrected over the last 48 hours that really you're almost like an honorary member because you're mid-generation. There's a whole generation of Yorkshire Mafia before you. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that mid-generation sounds good anymore. That makes me sound like middle-aged, which is probably true, I, just, I guess. Right, but, but that also makes you middle-aged. Well, we're the same so, age, so we've just got to... I don't feel so bad. We have to embrace it. We should. At probably, least I've got some hair, so, yeah, anyway. That was a low blow, that, right? Sorry. That was a low blow, but... Well, you are smaller than me, but... Well, let's, uh, are we talking height? <laughs> But you are quite—you are quite right that there was a, a huge Yorkshire rallying mafia all the way through sixties, seventies, eighties that, that I sort of grew up with because because dad was uh, dad was doing a bit of rallying, supplying a lot of tyres to, uh, to to a number of these drivers at the time. So you know, I grew up around sort of on the fringes of it, if you like, and hearing all the stories, and certainly been around the rallies that uh, that a lot of these characters were taking part in. Well, the stories is why we're here today because we've got a guest. Which you, you, I thought you were going to politely introduce, but clearly you, you, you didn't get the memo on that because we, we, we've got the man who's, who's, who's wrote a book all about the Yorkshire Mafia. You were at the launch the other night. Would you like to introduce our guest today, Ryan? I, I definitely will. So, uh, yep, um, on uh, on Monday evening, there was a, a book launch for the, the brand new publication by our guest, Jonathan Pullin, the, the Yorkshire Rally Mafia. Now, now Jonathan. Brilliant to welcome you to uh, Absolute Rally, first of all. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Tony. Um, now, you already have a number of uh, motorsport publications out, and really you should be congratulated because one of the, well, one of the biggest Yorkshire legends, uh, Yuck Hodgson, you've already published a book on him, and you haven't been done for libel, <laughs> which, is, which is amazing because there's very little that comes out of Yuck Hodgson that isn't libelous. <laughs> <laughs> you're very kind right yeah now that you've reminded everybody maybe it'll start to come but um yeah he, he was a, a fantastic subject subject to do originally um it was just an idea that uh, many people said for years yucky should do a book and and uh he and i got chatting one day and i said well i've, I've always fancied i'm going to go writing a book and so we, we did it together and and uh uh, I have to say, probably only half of what we wrote actually ended up in the, in the book in the end. <laughs> I can imagine that. Even, 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 even Yuck took a, a, a chapter out <laughs> before it went before it went to uh, publication. But yeah, it was it was great fun, Ryan, and, and I learnt a lot about writing books from that. It was, you know, almost comic style. That was the idea behind it, and um, and we we had a lot of fun doing it. But I learnt a lot from that. Yeah. And then, as, as we just mentioned, so that brings us on to, to your latest publication, the Yorkshire Rally and Mafia. And as we just touched on, I mean, it's it's been a huge area for for rallying. We've been lucky that we've had the the Yorkshire Forest as the as the backbone over the years for that. Um, what what was the where was the real inspiration for you know for for putting this book together? It was at the start of the Molten Rally a few years back. I was at scrutineering with Dick Rowland, who was a very prominent driver in the uh, in the late sixties and through throughout the seventies. And I was chatting to him, and, and and he was just sharing a few stories, and we were we were enjoying watching the cars going through scrutineering. And and he said, you know, he was telling me a few of the stories. And I said, you know, these these stories are going to disappear, aren't they, Dick? And, and he said, yeah, and just think of all the people that are still around now that you could talk to and, and, and gather these stories together. And I said, maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should do the Yorkshire Rally Mafia. And, um, you know, when we started to come up with a list, Ryan, the list was huge. It was never ending. But we decided to look at who, who could potentially be there. And you naturally think of Bob Bean, who's still rallying today, is in his 80s. And he'd been rallying since, I think, the end of the 50s he started. 
Um, Phil Cooper, I've been around for donkey's years. The late and great Tony Fall, what, what, yeah, what a magical works driver he, he became. Uh, and then, yeah, when we searched around, there was there was older names like Chris Knowles Fitton, who was one of Tony Fall's teammates in his early days. Um, John Heppenstall, a real legend in caravan rallying. Um, and then you get into sort of the more you know, uh, modern names like Jack Tordoff. And uh, and of course, I thought, well, hang on a minute, we can't just talk about drivers. There's, there's some great co-drivers there, like Phil Short, who went with Jack Tordoff and made his name probably with him and, and with people like Tony Drummond. And the list went on and on. One arm Mike Jackson, Bilko as he's often known. Um, Dennis Pelling, another hero from sort of East Yorkshire. Ron Beecroft, great rally driver. Peter, Peter Clark. The, the, the list is endless. Colin Grower, it just goes on and on. Piggy Thompson. And then, of course, we've got to talk about Steve Bannister as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like you said, there's there's a few names. Uh, I mean, maybe uh, you know, maybe some of our listeners wouldn't wouldn't know certainly all the names on the list. But like yeah. you, like you said, the likes of uh, Phil Short, as Phil said the other night, co-driven for uh, for three world champions over the years. Yeah. Um, John Millington, more recently known as a coordinator in the World Rally Championship, but of course, uh, you know, legendary co-driver in the road rally days with the likes of, of Ron Beecroft, yeah, who, who of course was sponsor, sponsored by. Uh, Peter Smith from Swift Caravans, who who's been involved in 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 the sport until today, both as a sponsor and a driver. Yeah, yeah, did it did uh, done a chapter on on Peter as well because, as you say, a great a great sponsor of a few drivers, but Ron Beecroft in particular. Um, yeah, you're and, right. Matt, and Matt Edwards, obviously, in, in you know in, in more recent times. Yeah, absolutely, faithful faithful backer. Yeah. Um, and then you know, and some of the other names, obviously Piggy Thompson, incredible character locally. People will yeah. maybe know uh, more of James Thompson, his son in in, in touring cars. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, was it was it difficult to and Jack Tordoff, of course. Again, people who might know, not know Jack's name, they'll of course know JCT six hundred, the uh, the dealership he founded, which yeah. which uh, as we talked about last night, um, you know, what, what was the story behind the name for JCT six hundred? You might as well tell that story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack um, took over the business from his dad, from his dad who who died at a very early age, and. Um, um, it was just known as Tardoff Motors, and, and he, uh, Jack, very successfully grew, grew that business. Uh, and then um, one day, uh, Jack called in to see uh, another quite famous name who um, he was very prominent in the book, a, a chap called John Forrest. He had a, a motor business in, in Bradford called Forrest Motors, and Jack called in to see him one day to see how business was doing. And John happened to mention he'd just seen a cargo pass with the registration number JCT 600, and he said, That's that would be really good for you, that Jack. You know, that, that's your that's your initials. And Jack nipped down and saw this chap in part a few, um, uh, uh, you know, a couple of miles down the road from the from the garage. Bought the car, so he got the registration number. And his uh, and his um, uh, accountant said, Jack, you should call the business JCT Six Hundred. That's just so different, and that's how that uh, that that appeared. Uh, and of course, it featured on his on his rally car as well on the on the likes of the nine eleven and such like. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. His Saab ninety six, his escorts moved from car to car. Yeah. And and again, uh, touring car link there with his with his son Sam Tordoff. Exactly. Yeah. What what a successful driver he is too. So I mean, we, we've talked about some of the characters that are in there. Was it was it difficult to leave a few out? I mean, like you said, the list must have must have gone on and on. That, I, two things that I, I guess Ryan, that's controversial about the book was one is the title, <laughs> yeah, uh, mafia, the, and the connotations that that brings. But really, the story behind that is that it's really the Yorkshire Valley family. But somehow we don't know how the name came about. But somebody came up with this idea of the Yorkshire Valley mafia, uh, and, and and it stuck. Um, so that was slightly controversial because you know, it, it, uh, it had, had that connotation. But but also the, the, the biggest con- controversy is uh, who didn't make the book, and and I feel awkward and embarrassed about that. You, know, you, <laughs> you could you could challenge me, on quite, including your dad, Ryan. Quite frankly, could easily have gone into the book. Um, so yeah, uh, that that was a painful thing, and and I could certainly do a volume two if uh, if if there's enough interest in this book. I think it would be something. Ryan Champion has got to be in volume two, surely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and many more, and there's, many more. There's got to there's got to there's got to be a place for a champion in there somewhere. 
I mean, you've got uh, you've got a huge number of uh, of characters in there with a lot of stories. I mean, funnily enough, I was I was chatting to John Millington briefly the other night, and we were just on, on about not not just the people who you were in who are in your book, but the people who were in the room that night. If we added up all the rallies that we'd all done in that room, um, I don't know how many it'd be, probably hundreds of thousands, I, I would guess. You know, you're right. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, there were some greats in the audience, weren't they? But yeah, uh, yeah. another name I should also mention is a guy called Steve Ward. Um, he, uh, he, I didn't he, actually realise how much Steve Ward had done until until he started chatting to him the other night. He's a remarkable guy. He started running when he was, I think, he was eighteen and an eight fifty mini, and he did three rallies. Just in those days, you had to do three rallies to get your signatures to to compete in the forest and get to national level. And he went and bought uh, Bill Bilko's 1800 BDA after having a little 850 mini. And went off to do the, do the Chieftain Rally with Jeff Atkinson and came 10th, first time out in this car. He bounced off banks, he you know, damaged the car several times, he had lots of spins and, and accidents, but six fastest times and came 10th. Um, just out in a, in a car like that, and um, he 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 came. He was very lucky. He found a, a private sponsor um, by pure chance. His uh, his his girlfriend was working in a bank in Thursk, and one day one of her wealthy clients came in and was saying that he was thinking about buying a Porsche 911. And she said, "Oh, you should talk to my boyfriend, Steve Ward. He's just started dealing in cars and knows a lot about Porsches." And this chap said, "Oh, I've heard, I've heard about this Steve Ward. He's been in the paper a few times. I'd like to meet him." And Steve met this chap one night for 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 dinner, and and this this very wealthy businessman ended up buying a well paying for. A car to be built for Steve uh, who went off and did the National Rally Championship, the Castle World Sport Championship in those days and was lying sixth in the championship and showing tremendous uh, potential even came second on the Lakeland Rally behind Malcolm Wilson and um, and then unfortunately the sponsor had to pull out and the car was uh, was sold and uh, left Steve uh, high and dry so he went and knocked on Peter Ashcroft's door who was then team manager of, uh, of uh, Ford and um, managed to get a couple of semi-works drives through David Sutton um, uh, just a remarkable story and ended up finally as a, as a works driver for Datsun and, and drove for Andy Dawson and Datsun UK for uh, a couple of years Now as we touched on this, there's a lot of big characters in the book um, what are the what are the favourite stories that maybe you hadn't heard before that you've, you've come across since you've been researching it <laughs> oh gosh Right, there's so many. Um, one of the Wait. lovely stories I got from uh, was uh, from a guy called the, uh, John Heppenstall. He was a, a, a true hero in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. And um, he said he'd just done the uh, Scottish rally in his Cortina. And, and the Scottish rally in those days was five days long, a really, really tough event. And uh, he, he came back home to Yorkshire. And the following weekend was the uh, one of the early hill climbs at Harewood. So he entered his Cortina in that and he said, I, I, I lightened the car, stripped it down, took the spare fuel tank out and the spotlights came off and the navigator seat came out. And then he said, I had a chance to enter in the sports car class as well. So he borrowed his mum's E-Type Jaguar to do the sports car class as well as the rally car class on this hill climb. And he did his practice all in the Cortina and he said because he'd been rallying for five days in this Cortina, he didn't even need to look at the rev counter and knew exactly when to go up each gear. And uh, so he, he did all practice in the Cortina. And when it came to doing the uh, the time sections in the E-Type, he was flying up that very last straight up to the top of Harewood before the long right-hander to the finish. And he said, I couldn't understand it because the car was so quiet. He said, it's, I thought it must be down on power. And he was so busy listening to the engine, he forgot about the right-hander at the top. <laughs> he flew off the right-hander. Went under the ropes, because in those days it was barely in the armco, went under the ropes and then ended up in the spectator car park. <laughs> and all the damage it did was the rope twanged the three wipers, windscreen wipers off the car and the door mirror. <laughs> and that was the only damage it did. <laughs> now, now, one thing that, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen the book already, um, 
you know, there's there's some amazing stories in there. But one thing that you were keen to highlight the other night was was the fantastic photography in there. Now, in this day and age, we just think we can uh, we can Google everything and it pops up. But I know full well, particularly with all the rallying uh, images, that's not not so easy. So, how did you go about finding such uh, amazing images for the book? Thanks, Ryan. That, that's kind of you say that. I, I am pleased with them. The a lot of the drivers, like Bob Bean, have you know huge collections. You, you probably get them yourself as you finish rallies. Photographers will offer you lots of great pictures. And they, you're right. The technology wasn't there in those days, but occasionally they did get some fantastic pictures. So a lot are black, black and white, but there are quite some, some really good color pictures in in the book as well. So often it's come from their own private collections. But also there are sites available like LAT that you can go on and, and have a troll through. And they have amazing selections from rallies that they took for the various publications back in those days. And, and you can buy them online. So um, I, spent, I spent a lot of money actually on, on buying professional photographs from back in that era as well. So there are a few businesses, Rally Retro in Ireland, they have some great pictures from the past as well. So yeah, a lot of time was spent researching and that was that was part of the fun for me writing the book was researching them. There's three hundred and yeah, is it three hundred yeah, over three hundred and forty photographs in the book and two hundred and ninety pages. So yeah, a lot of pictures in there. if 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 I can jump in, I, I genuinely as I say, I love uh, I love a rally book at the best of times, to be perfectly honest with you. So I'm genuinely really looking forward to reading this one because, of, you know, rosy coloured spectacles and everything uh, mm-hmm. are a fantastic pair of specs to read any book through. So the, the period which you've captured here is, 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 is wonderful. What you did allude to before is, uh, I suppose, the, the, the clumsy way of asking, is there another book in you? Definitely, I, I, I think so. But it, it's got to sell that the, uh, the problem here, Tony, that, is that... Um, I looked around for a publisher this time to uh, to take take the financial strain of putting a book together like this, and the the design that's involved in it is yeah. There's a lot of skill in behind behind designing a book and uh, to make it look really good. And um, two very prominent publishers showed genuine interest in it, but they wanted to split the book in half. Both both publishers wanted to split the book in half and I didn't want to do that, it's taken three and a half years to write this and I, I wanted a meaty publication I knew that that would push the price up but I, I wanted something that would last I, I, almost a coffee table type book, you know, that it, as Ryan was saying there's some great pictures in there, great atmospheric pictures as well as great stories and I wanted that, that meaty book and um, so I, I turned those offers down and decided to go self-publishing I had a couple of financial backers to help me because these are good quality books. So uh, two two people very kindly uh, uh, helped me with that. That was Peter Smith of Swift and uh, Dick Rowland all helped me uh, financially to, to get to put the book together. And the designer we used actually was from my second book that I wrote, Chris Slater, who was a, a works driver in the in, in the in the 70s and a team manager in the 80s. His daughter has a, a business in London called Hyperkit, and she did the design work for half half price, which was very kind of her. Uh, with the intention that if we can sell enough books and we get into profit, the the profits are actually going to go to charity. So that's uh, wow. that, that's the intention with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I suppose we we should be telling our listeners um, first and foremost where where can they get the book, and you know, is there any limitations on where where you can send the book? Uh, no limitations. Uh, some have already gone to Australia. Can't go any further than that. One's gone off to America. Um, uh, yeah, some have gone to Strensel, New York. <laughs> and, uh, no, uh, they, they, no problem at all. Uh, if I if I could give my email address, which is j dot pauline, spelled p u l l e y n at yahoo.com, just uh, drop me an email and uh, we can do a bank transfer and I'll I'll post the book wherever it's uh, needed. Fantastic. Listen, I, I genuinely I, I will be I will be purchasing. I know Ryan's already got his copy and uh, you know uh, apart from the fact that it's such a, an amazing journey to you know as you say three and a half years worth of work the fact that obviously the profits are going to go to charity as well yeah. um you know it's a proper labor of love which is what rallying really for for for, for, for us, us mortals is always been about yeah yeah, it's been great fun and it'd be lovely to be able to think that uh, that you know some charities will benefit as well 
Fantastic. Listen, Jonathan, we wish you genuinely the very, very best of luck. Thank you for coming on. Uh, and if, if we can, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll share about the story as well on, on our socials and stuff like that. But, uh, thanks, thanks for coming on and telling the story. Uh, folks, we're going to go to a little break and we'll be back with Killian Duffy. This is Absolute Rally. Quarter, Ireland's leading commercial note supplier, Killian Duffy, has joined forces with 2016 British Rally Champion Craig Parry to form On The Pace Note UK. For more information, visit the website onthepacenote.co.uk. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. Thanks for Jonathan for joining us at the top. Some great stories, as I say. If you uh, if you are interested in getting the book at the Yorkshire Rally Mafia, which is just a great name within itself, um, Jonathan's email address went out. If if you do if you missed it or you need to get in contact, he is on Facebook as well. But if you drop us a little message, we will forward it over to you. Anyway, anyway, um, as predicted at the top, um, we, we're going to do a little bit uh, about it. Well, we've got Killian Duffy with us first and foremost. Killian, welcome back to Absolute Rally. Great to be back on, Tony. It was delighted to get the message. We've 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 missed you. We've missed you. What can I say? Yeah, well, I've been tuning in. I don't feel like I'm missing you because I tune in every week. So. Well, it, this is this is the weird thing, of course, because uh, of course I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I'm a value customer of on the pace note, and I use yeah. your I use your notes as well. So I hear your mm-hmm. voice probably more than what you hear mine. Yeah, and contrary to what you think, I'm not that grumpy. I'm short into the point you are <laughs> short you, you are point. i can i i i can tell when you haven't had either had your morning coffee yeah. or what time of day the stage is <laughs> or if you're or if you're hangry as well yeah that's that's probably the probably the last one is the most likely i would say the ha- the hangry one the hangry one's a handy one yeah the hangry one and we'll of course i also like the f- i also like the fact that you had your little your little on the pace note thing uh, on the screen as well, covering things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to co- cover up things, and uh, and the engine management lights are gone. You'd be happy to see that. Yes, well. I know, because you got a new car now. Yeah, we had to get a, we got a yeah. new car. We've upgraded a few years, so um, now my Irish car what? is the same as me UK car. So it's, it actually it's grand because same steering wheels. It's like sitting in the same car whenever Craig collects me in Manchester Airport. So oh, it's it's, uh, it's uh, going great. I realise this isn't necessarily the rally stuff that people were looking for, but just by by virtue, I know you had a new car, and the reason why I think you had a new car because Craig Parry rang me in a panic when you were at the hard shoulder of the M6, yes. not far oh, yeah, from my office. He was on his way up. Um, he was on his way yeah. up to um, do the trackers for the snowman, and uh, yeah. yeah, it just stopped at the side of the car. So his confidence in automatic cars uh, since then have gone out the window. He bought, <laughs> he, he, we bought a manual one for the UK, but I have a. An automatic one for here because I I actually hate manual cars for for doing a note. So, but anyway, for for all I drive the one in the UK, it's it's perfect. Leave it in third gear and just keep the ta- keep the hands on the wheel. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Listen, um, it's um, it's 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 a bit of a throwback. It, obviously, rallying has been upside down as we as we've known for the last couple of years. But this this event, the Circuit of Ireland, which has been historic over this particular this coming weekend. Is back, and I don't know whether it's just because there's so much rallying going on at the moment, but it kind of crept up on me a little bit, this one. Yeah, same as, actually. Um, it, it sort of has, it, it's crept up on us all, I suppose, the weekend has, has just uh, landed. Um, yeah, the, the entry's opened, um, I think there were about 80-odd cars in it. Uh, compact route, see, they had initially planned that there's a possibility running last year, you know, with COVID guidelines. So they sort of had a rally ready to go. Um, Graham Stewart and his team. So they just went with that rally, which is it, it, slightly, it's, it's not a bad idea and it's, it's quite efficient for help. Um, and even for recce, I think you can recce it all in one day. You recce. So basically what they have is, in a nutshell, it's the two stages. So they ran three times the first day. Um, so it's Glen Dunn or, um, um, the Oran Lodge. Um, I know I'm mispronouncing that now. I'm just I'm actually getting caught out there. And uh, then the Cairn Castle stage. So basically, they're done day one, and then they're almost reversed for day two. Although the Cairn Castle one is about four miles longer on day two. So it's pretty much the same stages, same two pieces of road. They're just used in opposite directions each day. Um, now they're like everyone will probably remember Ian Carroll, Craig Breen, and the Citroen DS3 with Scott Martin with them. And uh, that's basically the stage, but they're not using the tar head version of it, of the Glen Dunn one. Um, so, like, it's a serious piece of road, bumps, jumps, 
And there's a right few chicanes in it now because of the average speed and keeping down the average speed. But there's lots of driving it. It'll be interesting to see whoever has the best, best setup is probably going to be the, obviously the person that's going to win it because there's not many junctions or not many like second gear corners. It's all from t- third gear up really. Um, lots and lots of medium speed corners and, and lots of corners with crests and jumps on them. So yeah, it'll be an interesting race. It's sort of a, a short circuit, we'll call it. Um, but nonetheless, it's still going to be a good race, I would say. I mean, you just mentioned the pieces of road there. I mean, I've been over those over the years. Ulster Rally, I think mainly, but uh, like you said, some fantastic stages. But my my recollections of the circuit of Ireland, you know, go back to when it was a proper circuit and it was going all the way all the way down to, you know, doing mm. Moles Gap and Killarney and the mm. Sunday Run back up and everything else. How how do you feel about a circuit of Ireland with a format like that? I know it's sort of like it, it's it's maybe it's to suit the times, but like you look at RAC and what. Colin has done with that and uh, you know it's like that goes against everything you would say works with modern day rally in the RSE and look at what they've created like they've created something that everybody wants to do like everyone wants to be involved in it like people don't care if they only do one other rally a year if they do the RSE so you'd almost think that is there an opening for maybe the circuit to do some I don't know whether in the modern cars or the older cars to come back with sort of a, an adventure an event you look at the safari um, is is also a, a, an excellent event. So you'd wonder, is there still an appetite out there for longer events? But Do you know that I think that's modern... the best idea you've ever come up with. Yeah, <laughs> there is definitely the something. Right. That. You you need to run with that. <laughs> oh God, I, I just think the woods. Like you look at their even Killarney. Like it's all about a brand and it's all about pushing people wants and everyone wants to be part of a positive thing. And like you look at Donegal. Like what do they sell? Like the sell and experience Killarney. The sell and experience Killarney historics. Same, RAC, the same. You know, they make you want to do it and, and because there's it's such a positive vibe. So, like, the circuit, like, it has a lot of history to build on. It has a lot to build on. So it's not like an event that just was created a couple of years ago. Like, it's one of the oldest events, if not the oldest event in the world. So you'd imagine that they could probably look at doing that. But then, listen, I can see from an organiser's perspective, it'd be very, very tough to get all the clubs to go in and run a stage for you. You know, in this day and age, some events are struggling to get marshals for two stages and help for two stages. So I can see why they've slimmed it down. Um, would I always like to be, Would you know, that's the point. Would I like to see it go back to a longer event? You would, even if it was out to three days, to be honest with you, and maybe covered a bit, bit more of the country. Um, you know, because we have, you know, there is other events in other parts that aren't really utilised, like the Wicklow Mountains aren't used for really any events now, and it's only really straight down the motorway because the network is so good here, the road, road network, it wouldn't be impossible to do. Um, but maybe maybe better suited to classic cars, but I, I could see, like, you know, maybe every second year if the RAC runs, uh, it's not run this year, obviously, every second year to alternate with that, I reckon you'd probably fill it. Well, I reckon you need to give that a bit more thought than you do. But uh, <laughs> coming back to the to the current rally, the uh, you know the the R five field keeps growing in uh, in Ireland. We we just touched on it off air actually. The the uh, the Polo seems to be, despite the fact Volkswagen aren't really supporting it anymore. The Polo seems to be the car of choice in Ireland at the minute. It does. Um, I suppose the thing I noticed about the Polo, um, uh, I have no loyalty to the to the Volkswagen brand other than, well, Jerry Comiskey Volkswagen. But um, aside from the rallying side of things, I've never heard anyone complain on a Facebook Live about the setup of the car. Ever. No matter what the conditions, no matter what the stages are. No one has ever said that they're not happy with the setup or it's not doing what they wanted to do. So it seems that you just sit into the polo and, and, and go and Declan Boyle just got a few kilometres test and then he had um, engine issues he was hoping to do burn it but he's out this weekend and I know he only did a five kilometre test and he reckoned it was just to sit into it just worked straight away and did exactly what he wanted it to do so like there seems to be a really positive vibe and then you probably look at the development and go well like what more development has been done the polo see, still te- seems to be top of the pops all around the world wherever it goes so I mean, has the development, I'm not sure, has it slowed down or what? But, I mean, it's still, it's still going to be competitive for the next two or three years, by the looks of things. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was a very well-developed car. They did a huge amount of mileage with it. They, they, they knew a lot, of, a lot of the background from, from obviously, the sister Skoda program. I'm sure the new Skoda will be, will be very good. But, um, yeah, popular car out there. And, and just uh, going on from that, you were just talking, well, we're, we're touching on right-hand drive, and you were talking about some right-hand drive polos coming. 
Yeah, exactly. And I know Trevor did a fantastic piece um, there a couple of weeks ago after West Cork and about the right and drives. But it seems to have, have it, listen, the R5s came in about five or six years ago here in Ireland and it's been a, a massive success to the Tarmac Championship. And the WRC cars are sort of disappearing and the spectators aren't complaining. The R5s are every bit as good to watch um, as as an older WRC car, I would say. But um, yeah, the, the right and drive is the thing. You have so many cl- club drivers here they just don't want to go um, left and drive because it, it just doesn't suit their their life. But the FIA uh, have have passed a dispensation uh, in 2020 actually to to ASNs as long as they can you know work the rules that they're allowed to run a national drivers in an international event. So if you have a national license, you can do an international event, say if you're in an R5, and also that you can change the car to um, right and drive within your ASN if it's if it's in the rules. So Motorsport Ireland, James Coleman, the Rallies Commission have, have done a huge amount of work over the last couple of months uh, on it. It sort of comes to a head where there's lots of guys now buying right-hand drive R5s and converting them. And it sort of wasn't as relevant a couple of years ago because all the young guys were in left-hand drive. But now you have the guys in their 40s, 50s, 60s that want to rally a, an R5 car because there's no WRC cars to be got. And they want a modern car and they want to do the rallies they want to do, your Killarney's, your Donegal's. And up until this like Gary Jennings made the point, you're in a separate classification. You're paying the same entry fee, you're doing the same stages, but you're down at the, you have to scroll to the bottom of the results page to see we even at the event. And I know, like, say, Gary in Galway, Gary Jennings in his right and drive fiesta, I included him in my results, but he wasn't in the official results. So anything that came out after the rally, it didn't include him. He was, he was just in a separate class. So it'd be like going to a historic car and you were the only person in the class, like, um, but it just doesn't make sense and it's just came to a head now and the pressure has been put on the Rice Commission have, have come up trumps there was a meeting on Monday night and I'm not sure will it be in for Killarney I'd, like, I'd still like to think so I'd still like to think they'll put an even bigger push on but almost certainly it'll be in for um, Donegal so that's great news and there'll be, I'm sure there'll be worth 5 to 10 entries there you know your Tim McNulty Killian yeah can I, can I, sorry, can I just ask, what is the resistance if it was passed in 2020? Does anybody know? Um, it sort of lay idle, to be honest, as far as I'm aware. It sort of was a bit dormant because of COVID and they were just trying to get rallying going again. And, you know, things change, you know, priorities change. It would have been high up the priority list if there was no COVID. But then obviously people just wanted to get rallying going again. Most of just wanted to get going. So, you know, these, we'll say smaller details just weren't as important. But now rallying's going again. COVID, I won't say, has disappeared, but it's less of a worry for people. And now it's up the priority list because lads, you know, have been busy with work and want to go back rallying. They can say, well, if they're doing national events, so a few right and drive or five cars did our local rally, Mayo, have done Burr, you know, and they've been classified in the main results. So there is just, it is with international regulations, just needs a bit of tweaking. Um, and Motorsport Ireland also have done a huge amount of work in getting an engineer, their own engineer, to certify the conversions, meaning that, you know, your local guy doesn't go and, you know, cut the bulkhead and stick in a different rack in the car, that it actually is up to a standard, which actually is a great idea because if you went to sell your right and drive or five cars in three, four, five years' time, then you know it's certified. And Motorsport Ireland knows the conversion is certified, so they know it's a, a quality standard. Um, so for insurance and every other reason, it just it just makes sense. So I think, to be honest with you, it's down to that now at this stage. It's just basically crossing the T's and dotting the I's just to get it across the line. But it's a bit disappointing, you know, um, I know Aaron McHale has a, a, a polo. It's, it's mid-conversion now by Ron O'Kane into right and drive. But I, he's not sure, I was talking to him earlier on the phone, he's not sure really... Will he go to Clarny if it's if it's not changed for then? Because he, although he's not going to win the rally, he still just wants to be classified if he's eighth, tenth, wherever he finishes overall. You know, rather than being down the bottom of the results sheet. And I know Killarney Motor Club are putting a big push on, um, to get some sort of dispensation for their event as well. So there's lots of goodwill and and it will happen. It's just maybe you know, it, pity it just didn't happen for the start of this year rather than halfway through the year. And and obviously we we saw this with the with the WRC cars as well with right hand drive WRC cars. I mean some of those officially homologated and all the rest of it. But it, it's interesting, isn't it? How we've seen it in in England recently or in the UK and certainly in Ireland now. How the R5 cars have finally pushed out the the WRC cars. Yeah, they have, and like they've pushed out the the, the good few. Like if you look at a modified Escort now, like. 
a modified escort, like if you want to be in a class 14, so the 2.4, 2.5 escort, like you're going to have no change out of 150,000 euros, like for the, for the, all the bells and whistles, your paddle, your everything that they come with to be competitive in that class. And you can walk and buy a right and drive Mark 1 Fiesta R5 now for 150,000 euros. And arguably the R5 car is probably as cheap to run as some of the modified guys. Yeah, some of the modified cars. So what you're going to have is there are guys in modified cars thinking, well, maybe I should go right and drive your Gary Kernans, your Kevin Eves, because it's one less thing to learn. They're used to right and drive. They'll be able to sit in. So I think there'll be a progression from some of the modified guys will go into homologated machinery once it's once it's passed in right and drive. Right. So all that considered, uh, this coming weekend, obviously, we've got we've got the runners and riders. Big change with regards to looking at the top three. Um, Alistair Fisher back in a polo. You've got Josh Mosford there who's been consistent. Change for Callum Devine from the Fiesta over to the polo. Don't know anything about that. Uh, don't want to speculate too much. But a little bit of a shock for you, this one, Killian? Yeah, it was. Actually, i only seen it. Now, I heard rumours probably since the start of the year that he was going to a polo, to be honest. Um, but I just seen a, a picture on on Facebook this morning of the car, and I'm testing it, stickered up. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard to know. I mean, he went really well in the Fiesta, and you know, you hear people that all oh, the setup of the Fiesta and so on. But like in the Donegal Harvest, he went well in the Fiesta, to be honest, and it was as bumpy as you could get. Um, and there's other events he went like Cahan McCourt went really well in his Fiesta in West Cork. Okay, he rolled on on ring stays on day two, but up to that, he had the fastest time on day one. Um, it maybe it's to it, it's just you know it, you know, maybe it's just a it's a it's a tickle to have just to see whether the polo is as good as people say it is, um, just to to see and 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 see maybe it might suit the driving style better. But it was a shock. How will he go on it? If he gets the setup, it's like there's not much between these guys. Like I'm, you're doing Facebook Live from West Cork, and they're coming to end the stages, and you're nearly dismissing a guy that's ten seconds off the pace. And that might be only half a second a kilometre, which isn't even a hesitation every kilometre. So, I mean, it's so, so fine, the margins between these guys. Um, Marion Evans, to be fair, you know, all these guys, there's nothing, like, right up until the last stage nearly in Cork 20, it was between three or four of them. It was only a spin, really, like, so they're probably just looking to maybe get a bit more out of a car that they might be more happy with. The likes of Callum going over to the to the polo, I would say. Um, are you, speaking of Facebook Live, are, are, are we seeing you? And your, your your lovely smiley face this weekend? Yes, I actually personally not there myself. So I actually have Andy is doing it and also a man that has just tipped the 500 rallies. Uh, Martin Brady is on. So Martin's brilliant. Uh, he's going to do a super job. He's a super sub for me. Unfortunately, I can't make it up there this weekend. Um, but we'll be live. I think the first live is around 8 o'clock on, Saturday, on Friday morning. Sorry. And then the end of the first day, I think it's about 9.40 um, on the pace note. So, yeah, I'll be I'll be tuned in myself and I'll be doing the, the clips of the rally and stuff. I'll be doing a bit of work from home. Good man. Good man. Listen, we're, we'll be we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on things as well. Killian, thank you so much as ever. Uh, and thank you uh, to, and to Craig, obviously, for, 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 for the excellent notes that we had last weekend. So yeah, Great. Work, 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 work really well. Work really well. So, uh, so yeah. Great. Thanks, Tony. So uh, we'll leave you to, to, to crack on with your day. Uh, Ryan Champion is now going to stand down. He's, he's basically been the Yorkshire Mafia for this week. Um, oh, well, I did I did realise we, we we talked about that whole book and we didn't even get to Steve Bannister in it. I know. <laughs> I know. We, we, we do need to revisit that with Jonathan at some point. So, uh, folks, we're going to go to a little break and then we're going to come back with Tom Williams talking about all things Americana. This is Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally continues to be partnered by the Kielder Works team, who remain fully committed to the sport and are pioneers of the latest technology. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for all forms of competitive action. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome to the final section of Absolute Rally. Um, old friend of the show, not been on for ages. Uh, I'm saying that quite a lot recently, I've just realised, but still, there you go. Um, <laughs> thought I'd get him back because he's now, to be fair, Jack Bengen should be with us because he's a Yankel Dude Dandy most of the time, albeit on Roundy Roundy, but now a rally Yankel Dude Dandy is, is Tom Williams. Welcome back to Absolute Rally. Yeah, thank you, Tony. It's good to be back. It's been a while. It has. It has. Now, um, We've had a weird couple of years for everybody, um, what's going on in the world. Um, 
you obviously we were talking quite a lot at one point when we were doing obviously JWRC and things like that and then over the last couple of years we've all had kind of broken um, broken calendars I think is the best way of putting it in, in rally terms you probably had one of the more eclectic rally calendars in 2021 um, for, for, for many people it's fair to say um, you know events in the UK events over in the States and stuff like that um, this year seems to be First and foremost, a lot more focus towards the, the first the American um, market, um, but also you were also one of the invited drivers for Rally of Nations. So before we talk about what the season brings, how was Rally of the Nations? Yeah, um, definitely a surprise um, for myself because I only had a week's notice, or probably less than a week's notice for this event, um, as I was out on the um, my first round of the American Rally Championship. And I didn't, of course, I knew there was a candidate event, but I wasn't sure how it was working. And it was, of course, the candidate event to get Mexico back onto the world championship calendar. And I was just hanging out with the organizer of Mexico. And he just mentioned to me, well, we're looking for another GB driver to run um, with Matthew Wilson uh, to have your team GB up against all the other nations because they're doing um, pairs of drivers to compete in an Olympic style rally. Um, to all compete against each other. And, of course, um, I definitely wasn't going to turn that one down um, because it was almost WRC Mexico, which is a complete dream event and one of the biggest challenges in WRC, I think, anyway. So, um, yeah. Well, you've done, you've, done, you've done Mexico before, haven't you? You did Mexico very early on in your I career. I did. I did. Um, this was probably one of these events that we completely sporadically, completely out of nowhere, chose to do with yourself, Tony, helping me. Uh, <laughs> as you can remember, it was quite See, it was remember well. an adventure with our little uh, 1.6 R2 that we were running in our garage just um, down in Oxford Way. We were just running the car ourselves, and we decided, well, if we can work out how to get all the spot, how much it's going to cost, the budget. And how much does it cost to put the car in a container with all the tires and rear beams and everything and just send it to Mexico? And it just landed on the service park. We found the budget, got the got everybody involved as yourself, and you helped me a huge amount for that rally. And it just landed in Mexico, and we just did it ourselves and probably one of the biggest adventures I ever did in rallying. I suppose you know it's slightly different methodology in doing in, in this particular event but i'm guessing well i know from speaking to you even back then um you know it was such a, a a big change for you but again equally um like you said you know one i love the fact that you were just hanging out with one of the event organizers we're, we're getting very american very quickly here aren't we tom we're gonna if you say <laughs> by the way if you if you say the word stoked on this podcast you are banned for six months just so you know <laughs> um yeah, six month ban you get for that. You get points on your license for that. But I love the fact that you're hanging out with with, with the organizer, and of course, you know the opportunity, as you say, to, to 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 team up with Matthew. Just tell me a little bit about that. Just how how did it work from a team's point of view? Was it with, with the with, with the times added together? How, how did they do it? Well, also to, with the organizer who was at this American because the reason he was up this way is because he was also with the Amer American candidate organizer, which will be getting ready later this year for in Chattagoona in Tennessee in America uh, for WRC America 2023. So those two were obviously together helping each other. So that that was also great to see. Um, but no, because the, they're trying to put on a big show in Mexico, they wanted to do it different and then do an Olympic style. There are two drivers from each nation. I think there was 10 to 15 different nations there. And everybody was in different cars, of course. There was Mitsubishis, Subarus, uh, Rally 2 cars, uh, our Rally 3 car, front-wheel drive, there was everything there. And then they did a, um, a, like a seconds per kilometer handicap um, for each car. So they kind of did a judgment of everybody's car, so Rally 2 being one, and then all the other cars would be like 0 0.95, 0 0.94, 0 0.90 as a handicap per kilometer uh, to kind of balance it off. So, yeah, that's... Um, Kind of how that worked, and then of course you got power stage points. Now there was lots happening, and they kind of added it all together at the end of the day. We don't, I don't really know. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then somehow <laughs> Team Europe merged together in the middle. I think so that there wasn't. There was Norway who I think came second, and then Germany and Romania came first. Team Europe, <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was really good fun. But everybody kind of came together. It's just it was just one long party, wasn't it? Really, Tom. And all the four Mexico teams. So. Yeah. <laughs> surely, surely, surely there's a monopolies commission should have got involved there when there's four teams from one particular nation. But, um, <laughs> you know, be, being part of something like that, obviously, it's not only is it, it not only is it great to be part of from the point of view of, um, you know, doing the events and getting those, you know, the, the incredible mileages that you get on doing events like that as well. But it's, it's good. It's, it's good profile. It's good PR. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, this event was huge for myself, um, to be able to do it again. And more recently now, I've learned so much more since, um, I last did it. So I could, and this was a really good recce. The roads were going to be what they're going to be using next year. And they're incredible, like big 20, 30k. Um, well, not even big compared to Mexico, old school rallying, but it was, um, cause of El Chocolate, which was 60k before, but lots of 30k stages, one after another, um, all lined up together with all individual roads that were just insane. Like the car was getting so hot on this event. Um, you just had to manage everything, which I had to remember because we making sure I didn't boil the brakes to begin with, uh, making sure I was up a gear and working with the anti-lag throughout the stage um at one point my 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 race boots were melting to the floor of the car that was um definitely how high i was getting um but can i can i can i ask a question sorry to interrupt but i know obviously you were in a rally three car which is something which we've talked quite a lot about in this uh, on the podcast obviously with with, with john armstrong who's normally with us at some point who of course is using morning jwrc um interesting question and whether you know have you were you the are you the first person to compete one in that type of climate? I, you know, that, that, that hot and, you know, we're, we're, cause I, I can imagine that kind of data must be, you know, must be really important for M Sport. Yeah, exactly. It was the first, uh, Rally 3 car to be used in, uh, South America. Um, cause it was, this was coming from McKenna Motorsport who run me in America. So they brought this car down. And of course, I was speaking to Matchek and M Sport Poland about the data. And so, of course, this was going to be, and they hadn't, they hadn't really done a very hot rally at all. Um, of course, they test in Sardinia, but a really hot event like this one. So, of course, this was going a bit of a leap of faith for this car. And what was so great about the car was it could, it was manageable. Like you could drive it. It was, it was really well put together because it wasn't like you're getting ready. If you're going to have a problem, you're going to stop and get retire, get ready and restart the next day. It was like it almost, you could see the problem coming up, work out what to do with it and manage it and then be able to, um, work out the rest of the day and then get back to service, which kept me in the rally the whole weekend, really. Um, which was really good to see. And of course, the altitude was a big toll on the, uh, three cylinder 1.5, uh, for sure, but that we just had to carry more speed, really. Wow. I, I, I just find it fascinating. It's, you know, now we, as you say, because we obviously the, 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 the three pot engine, I had somebody going slightly left field here, but I had somebody in with, with us. We, we did a test last week. Obviously, we, we're running the R2219, which is a three pot 998 engine. And this guy comes mm. from a, an era, probably more of your dad's, to be honest with you. He was Sierra Cosworth man back in the day and escort Cosworth co-driving. And he'd not been in a rally car for 20 odd years. Um, and he just couldn't, he just couldn't get his head around the fact this was a 998cc engine yeah. with a turbocharger. Oh, no, and it's, it's the, it's the same the thing. The engines are incredible. Yeah. The, um, like this car, especially with the four wheel drive, um, it was just from launch to fifth gear wasn't far off the rally two car. Like when we went around the race circuit and it was a side by side with a Fabia rally two. I was quicker than uh, Fabia off the launch, and then of course the rest of the gears it got me, um, which was amazing to see. And this car was like a joy to drive. It's it just man, it gives you a lot of confidence every time you jump in the car. It just you can overdrive it, which is nice because a lot of cars want to throw you off. So this car was just really nice to drive, uh, which was good to see. Fantastic. Now um, I've got to talk to you about the plans for America this year. First question I want to ask. What what is with the number six eight eight? Because obviously everyone's big on numbers over in the states, and you have your own number. Why is yours six eight eight? Uh, it's probably.
probably not very good answer. It was meant to be 88, and the guy wouldn't give me his number, so I ended up being 688, <laughs> which is now my number. Why? Could, could you not have gone all the eights? Oh, that, that was already taken. <laughs> I would have done that, so oh, 688 okay. my number, and I kind of like it now, so <laughs> that's my... Okay, no, that's fine. I'm not knocking it. It's all right. It's not, not a problem. I was just fascinated to go... Well, because uh, I remember, obviously, 88 on the, on the bonnet of the car um, back in the day. And I was like, OK, I get that. But what's the, what, what, what is it with the 688? There you go. You've had, you've I, thought had, it look, I thought it looked similar. OK, no, that's fair, dude. That's fair. It looks similar, apart from the fact that it's got six before. That one there you go. Looks exactly the same. Absolutely. Um, so the plans then for this year, obviously, we, we, we've, we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, some fleeting appearances over in the, in, over in the States. The, the focus for this year is completely the American Rally Championship? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this year I'm doing the full season in the, um, in America, um, which I think is nine, eight, will be eight rounds. We, except for Snowdrift, that was the one rally we missed, um, because that was always going to be a challenge, um, so early in the year. And that's a snow rally without studded tires with, in a rally two car. So that's asking for um something <laughs> and then um, um so yeah no we're trying to do the rest of the season in america of course i went out there last year just to see what it was all about and of course don buckley um ran me back in the uk and of course he's helping with the mckenna side and the state side so that really helped me um just be able to be a bit more familiar with the teams over there. And, um, yeah, I'm looking to just gain the experience in the Rally 2 car because, of course, it's such a big step from front-wheel drive and it's just trying to find a place, an area where I can get mileage, learn to drive the car and try and raise some sponsorship. What's the what's, what, what's the plan with regards to, obviously, you know, you, is, it, is it definitely going to be... I'm, I'm still old school I'm still going to call it an R5 car. I'm really sorry, but... Um, <laughs> Obviously, you, you, you did the stuff with the Rally 3 car in, in Mexico. Is that just a one-off? Is, 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 the, is the championship season all, all about being in an R5 slash Rally 2 car? Uh, yeah, it was just a one-off. And I had no idea. As I said, I only had a week's notice. And I jumped in the car, drove the rally, finished it. And it was it was so enjoyable, this car. I definitely think that I could, if I could find some particular events that I wanted to get experience on or learn the events I would probably enter it in a Rally 3 car now, just because it would help me, of course, on the budget-wise, but it does exactly what I need with the Rally 2. I can learn what I'm doing, be in four-wheel drive, and do everything I need. So I can need, I'd, I'd like to swap between the two if I could, and I could find the sponsorship too, but definitely on my radar now. Okay, we've, we've got to talk about the guys who you've tied up with over in, over in the States. Um, <laughs> you've got to give us some backstory. You've got to tell us all about it i'm not even going to try because i think it, it would be amiss of me to even clumsily try and tell uh our listeners <laughs> i don't about, think i can i don't think i can either <laughs> i was going to say in less than ten thousand words please discuss your current part though no, just tell us a little bit about it because i i find it a fascinating story obviously you're, you're all part of this it's it's almost like a, a cult is, a, is 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 it can be a dirty word sometimes but not always, as far as I'm concerned. A gang, a cult. Tell us a little bit about it, Tom. It's, um, yeah, gang, cult, team, rally team. Yeah, we'll do one of those. Uh, um, yeah, so last year when I was just doing my American events, of course, I didn't know anybody. And um, as usual in a rally, you're lined up in the forest before the stage, just waiting to go. And one of the guys that was behind me was this guy called Texas Dave. Um who was in a Subaru, and we were just chatting, of course, as you do, uh, waiting to go in, just talking about the stages. And we just, this guy, Texas Dave, he can do any accent on demand, especially rally accents. And that's why I said to you, you need to get him on this podcast, because you, you ask him for any rally driver you want, and he'll be able to do the accent on demand. So, um, so I love course. the fact. I, lo- I love the fact. Right, sorry to be too regional here, but Texas Dave, right, carries some weight. There's something a little <laughs> bit sexy about states in America. No way in the world would would like uh, Dave Blackburn Dave or uh, Warring Warrington Phil would carry the same type of weight as Texas Dave, it has to be said. Well, if you found out to try and pronounce his second name, which I still can't, I think that's the reason why. (laughs) 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 And, um, yeah, Dave owns the 
Rally School out in Texas, um, which is one of one of three in America, and it's called Rally Ready, which is out on a ranch with lots of miniature donkeys and rally cars, and he's a dirty <laughs> vegan. I <laughs> got a minute. How are the donkeys relevant? <laughs> it's just part of the process. If you book a course okay. out there, you'll be with the miniature donkeys and. And you'll also you be will. driving Subarus and front-wheel drive Hondas. Right, okay. And it was probably one of the best uh, rally lessons I ever had, actually. <laughs> what, with a donkey? Uh, either or. Yeah, okay, fine. Just, 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 just to be clear on this. Okay. Yeah, so, um, of course, we we hit it off instantly, and I came out to Texas the following week to help him, him down at the ranch, and we just said we have to work together um this year happening right now, we said we have to work together and I don't know what format, what, how and when. And then, of course, I didn't know because Dave hadn't been rallying for 15 years because, um, of course, he started back a while ago. And then, of course, he's been building up his school ever since and has just got back into rallying this year. And um, so we were just competing side by side all the time. So we said, let's team up. And... Um, we we have, and of course, I didn't realize all this Black Rifle coffee were coming along um, in America, and they're wanting to go into rallying and these kind of sports that are community-based, and it's very similar, to, similar as they're all um, ex-veterans, and it's all to do with supporting veterans in America and building a community, and they loved how rallying had this kind of similar aspect of team schedules getting to a point and a location and a team building a car and making it run throughout the weekend you pilot co-pilot all this kind of scenario so they just loved the format of it and of course we kind of built this um, black rifle coffee rally ready team out in america so uh, i i again i I find that the the story of it amazing because you've got this yourself there's Texas Dave. There's definitely not Warrington Phil. He's, yeah. He didn't ma- manage to make the cut. <laughs> He's, he didn't get in there. Uh, but of course, you've got Travis Pastrana, who's just this kind of person who, who, who kind of transcends everything, it feels like. Um, yeah, Travis, and- yeah. Travis is definitely insane as a driver, person, every aspect. He seems to, anything he gets into, he makes it work and he's very, very talented as, as why so he is what he is. When you kind of with these guys and you're down at the ranch with the miniature donkeys, that, that, that's going to stay with me as well, <laughs> by the way. Um, um but, uh, oh, but yeah. uh, cause I seen some of, there was some videos that came out and there was helicopters, there was rally cars. What, what was going on? Uh, well, this was pre-event testing that kind of, escalated um <laughs> it was the first for me and of course um yeah my character there's um there's texas dave travis pastrana bucky lasek um skateboarder slash rally driver mike glover who is um past, owns fieldcraft survival who is a super highly ranked military um person who i yeah, you definitely don't want to get on the wrong side of him. Um, he definitely has history. <laughs> and I like I, I like donkeys. That's all I'm saying. And the smaller and then, the better. And then JT, and who's um, one of the owners of Black Rifle Coffee, and um, and Rhiannon Gelsomino, Travis's co-driver. So that's the team. And of course, we went pre-event testing together, which ended up in um, jet ski riders jumping around Bucky Lasek, fishing, which is his hobby, um, me driving a Crown Victoria instead of the rally car, um, uh, what else, a Baja truck that was involved in some shape and form. Obviously. <laughs> I don't... Uh, um, more donkeys. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I don't really know. It was a lot of things happening, and it's their take on rallying and their mission is to of course promote um their coffee company but of course explain rallying to the american community because okay. they want to they want the, they want to make the sport grow and america has more space than most places and it has a lot bigger forests than a lot of places and their roads are very very good and um because they're such industrial um uh 
forest for logging and so it's perfect rally uh, location and these guys really want to promote the rallying out in the states and they're kind of doing it in their own media way which is a lot of viral social media uh, videos and that kind of stuff wow well listen um when next time we get you on um we'll get texas dave we'll reach out to warrington phil but i just don't think he's going to be able to cut it um but we'll we'll get you all on um definitely no no they would they would explain it a lot better than me i just feel like you're i genuinely feel like you're you're a passenger in all this sorry oh oh no trust me when i'm sitting around a group of these guys speaking in all american and everything i'm just having to translate everything Uh, at some point we had to um just have subtitles every time i start speaking on camera subtitles will just start coming up nice they they can say stoked you can't that's the real okay i know that's the truth okay mate listen it's it's been lovely to catch you up with you uh and and do check in i wish you and obviously um your new co-driver ross Whitick, who's, who's now you've you've now joined up with as well for the season which is which is great you settled there um so best of luck to you and ross for the rest of the season and we will check in with you uh throughout the year just to see what's going on with the crazy gang no thank you uh, it was great to, uh, great to speak to you guys again and um yeah see you soon tom it's been an absolute pleasure folks that has been absolute rally for this week and that is the end of season uh 25 would you believe and uh we do appreciate the love if you can uh, leave us a rated review that would be great on itunes or whatever you listen to your podcast normally but we'll be back same time same place in the podcast all in a couple of weeks time absolute rally powered by the keel the works team spread the word and download the podcast every week 